یہ انٹرنیشنل گیم ہے اس میں دماغ سے کھیلا جاتا ہے غصے سے نہیں Hello everybody and welcome to episode 38 of Hoop Darshan. Hoop Darshan! Episode number 38, Karan. Unfortunately, it seems to be a pretty shit jersey number. And the best player okay. I could find was Kwame Brown in his Detroit Pistons days. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that's... That, that, that uh, may be the worst... uh player we've ever had as yeah. a as a, to, to be dedicated an episode to exactly exactly not, but not that, even Kwame in his wizards or lakers but in his in pistons, his pistons. <laughs> yeah yeah it's crazy apparently there is a player called Vitor Faverani in Boston Celtics he's an active player okay. number 38 so there you go okay. we don't have uh, that that's the kind of standards we have we have oh. we have high standards and 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 somewhere Vito is, is smiling proudly at us that, that that we have mentioned him and talked about him exactly exactly <laughs> uh, but uh, as as shit as number 38 might be as for for jerseys it is uh, a pretty exciting ex- episode we have in store for you guys today um we have a few things to talk about b- before everything else this is an indian basketball podcast and the indian aspect is pretty um pronounced here and uh, in in a few days is the biggest festival that the country celebrates uh, w- what are you doing for diwali karan oh i thought you were talking about the tip off of the new nba season okay yeah no yeah. anyways <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh, it's it's going to be diwali and uh, the nba season begins pretty much around the same time as as you know as people start revving up for diwali you know all all the homes are getting decorated um there's there's beautiful air pollution all over the country <laughs> uh uh so uh the, the diwali is fun diwali is exciting and it's it's going to be uh, a very basketball loving diwali so i'm pretty excited to 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 um to have both reasons to celebrate yeah i agree uh, i'm not going to be in india so i'm going to be away from the Uh, air pollution aspect of it but uh, it's going to be it's going to be good because it's going to be basketball all day long and that's that's more fireworks than anything else right exactly that that's all the fireworks we need <laughs> that's right that's right and this is uh, largely going to be an nba preview podcast but before that we had a few indian basketball news that we wanted to share isn't it karan so what's yeah. what's happening um, in in the national basketball circuit Um so just wanted to um mention some quick brief points about um about some of the stuff that's been happening domestically in Indian basketball. Um if you guys have been following the sub junior nationals finished uh about I mean it's been about 2 weeks already since they finished but uh, since we didn't get a chance to mention it I think we should say um we should give congrats to the Madhya Pradesh boys team and Chhattisgarh girls team. They won once again. I think it was uh, Madhya Pradesh boys and a uh, back to back title for Chhattisgarh and the newest um, the, this version of the subjunior nationals was held in hyderabad so uh, so these guys are going to be are the youngest talents in in india so if anyone wants to see what the future of indian basketball is going to look like these are the tournaments you go and see these under 14s play and uh, hopefully some of the some of those wonder kids eventually develop into national level talents by the time they get to 18 19 That's right. Speaking of national level talents we're making our segue game on strong on point here Uh, nat- 
national stars uh, and one of the best players right now probably one of the best players we've seen uh, put on an india jersey amjot singh uh, yes. we heard we heard the pleasant pleasant surprise that he has also signed a d league contract and is also eligible yes. for the d league draft so you have any idea how this came about it's it was pretty sudden it 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 happened sort of behind the scenes uh, i spoke to amjot but well, first of all let's just um, make the official announcement uh, on hoopdarshan uh, uh, so amjot singh who is one of indian basketball's biggest stars and of course koshik and i's favorite player you know he's straight up the indian kawai slash indian kobe slash all of the beautiful things about to do with basketball that's in right. india that's right uh, our, our he, biggest man crush ever and and he's definitely i think both of us agree that he i don't know if there's a lot of other potential talents out there but as of present day speaking he may be the best indian basketball player That's in my right. opinion at least um so he, he will now he has signed a contract with the d league just like palpreet singh did uh, if you guys remember we talked about palpreet in the last episode this doesn't mean that they're part of a d league team it means that they're eligible for the d league draft which will be among about 2 300 players and they'll pick about half of them So if if these two guys get drafted then they'll have to go through the you know the same regular training camp prove themselves and then hope for an actual team contract to play in the team. So this is still an early step. Uh but it's great news. I think it came about I spoke to Amjot pretty much the day after and he knew about it uh, Koshik back when the the FIBA Asia challenge was happening. Oh wow. He was already he got, he got a call from the NBA India mm-hmm. and they they let him know that 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 this news is coming up just keep it to himself. So he already had that, and I think unlike Palpreet Singh, who who won the the, the talent scouting program in India, the ACG NBA jump mm-hmm. to get to this uh, to to sort of win this. Uh, I mean, he still had to go to the uh, the states and prove himself in in workouts, right? With Amjot, he he didn't he could skip the middle step because he's been basically kicking ass internationally for the last two years. Yeah, and um, he's had scouts eyes on him for a long time. for for both the work he's done for the Indian national team and of course what he did with the Japanese D league and the, those those Japanese 3 on 3 tournaments he's taking part in yeah so um, when he donned the avatar of AJ san when he was AJ san yeah so uh, so so he not the both of them he he was pretty nervous though which was very weird like i had to i had to be i had to sort of be like uh be his encourager <laughs> i had to tell him cuz you know he is the best player at him just just go and dominate it's not that you know it's basketball everywhere you are yeah. whether it's whether it's in tokyo whether it's chandigarh or or hopefully the dinik so i hope he gets his chance and uh, it's going to be amazing there's the best case scenario is this could be three things and then be a dinik next uh, season Oh, it's really amazing. It's just another, another Satnam, reason to celebrate Patijikin party. Because <laughs> uh, our man Satnam is also already there. We haven't forgotten about Satnam. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be uh, an exciting time. The D League draft is on also around near Diwali, the end of this end of this month. So hopefully, there's many reasons to celebrate. Fantastic, fantastic. One reason though to not celebrate is the FIBA Asia <laughs> Champions Cup. Am I saying that right? The club version of Asia's Premier Tournament, uh, which yeah, it's the it, it's the FIBA Asia Champions League sort of. Yeah, it just recently finished in China, and uh, yeah, ONGC represented India in that tournament, and got a. They were there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, was there a team from India at this tournament? I, I, I don't know. As, as much as we like to like um, erase these memories from our head, unfortunately, they were 
present in the tournament <laughs> and they got their behinds whooped to put it lightly oh yeah 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 um, uh just hats off hats off to the beautiful looking jerseys though based on oklahoma city thunder but that's probably they are... the best thing i can say about it <laughs> Um, they have beautiful jerseys. They have beautiful uh, like track suits that to, to match those jerseys. I mean, we we have our aesthetic game on point. Yeah. Um, now all we have to do is actually have our game on point. Uh, any so we didn't play that well, but but we did have Amrit Pal Singh who who also should be getting a D League chance. By the way, I want to mention his name since we talk about these other guys. Amrit Pal, who's our captain, one of the best players in India. He played really well. Uh, Vishesh played okay. Our the, our guest from last week, our guest from our last episode, uh, the Banarsi Mamba, slash the Banarsi Beard. Uh, so he played well, but ONGC pretty much lost every game by a blowout, like 30-40 points each. They were out in the preliminary round and did not make a real mark at it. China won. Well, I mean China's representative club won. So it was Xinjiang Flying Tigers, which had the Filipino talent Andre Blach. Oh wow! And uh, uh, and uh, and and Jochi. Are they called the Flying recently... Tigers? You said. So their official name is the Xinjiang Flying Tigers. Okay. In the in the CBA, but they played this tournament as China Kashgar. Kashgar is their home city. Okay. So so that that was a bit of a confusion in 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 nomenclature, but uh, but they had a lot of talent. They had Jochi, who's just been drafted into the NBA. Then Andre Blach, who's who's the uh, naturalized Filipino from from the states. Um, yeah, they they sort of deserve to win this tournament. But shout out to ONGC. Hopefully, we get um, hopefully we have a chance to also get import players in some of these Indian clubs next year, uh, yeah. just to you know help with the help at these international tournaments. Definitely, definitely. Speaking of international tournaments, oh man, we are we are nailing this today. <laughs> uh, the biggest international tournament that is the greatest league of basketball in the world. Yes. The NBA is back. It's going to be back in yes. less than less than ten days from the time of recording, and probably less than like two or three days from the time you guys listen to this. Um, Koshik, it, it's back in about five days from the time I'm recording. Actually, it's back oh. on uh, the season starting earlier this time. It's, it's, on, it's the season starting on the 25th. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, so to, so for Wednesday morning in India will be the first games. That's brilliant. Uh, so the you know NBA... what the you know what the back to back opening games in the NBA are? Yes, four, I do. Four great teams. It's, four great uh, teams. It's the, the defending the champions for... against the second super team in the. In the league, is yeah, it? the defending. It's it's four amazing teams: it's Cavs versus the Knicks and and Spurs versus the Warriors. Four <laughs> really good franchises. <laughs> Are you keeping a straight face saying this? <laughs> I always have a straight face. <laughs> yeah. um, Obviously, the so Knicks are going to go eighty-two and zero. <laughs> um, but before we get deeper into our NBA preview, um, we like to welcome our guests for this. For this preview, uh, he's a close friend of mine, who's a big NBA fan, and and he ha- is the only one who has done any research for this. Oh, so, wow. uh, so 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 we'll we'll see how well we stand against a person who does his background work. <laughs> uh, so I want to introduce our guest for episode 38, Samir Kumar. Samir is a friend of mine in Washington D.C. He works on India policy issues. Uh, more importantly, he's a big basketball fan, and he told me recently that. One of his first memories was watching the NBA on NBC. Um, Samir, you also went to USC for college, and I think you're ride or die with every USC alumni, right? 
uh, uh, NBA. Yeah, that's pretty would, much how it goes by default. I would say, so, so I mean, some of the guys were DeMar DeRozan, OJ Mayo, and of course, the everlasting Swaggy P. Uncle P, no? Hey, don't forget, don't forget about Lil Romeo. Lil, Lil Romeo, exactly. All, 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 all great albums. Um, but but I, I, I think Uncle Swaggy probably takes the cake, right? Uh, yeah. He keeps he shows up every year at the uh, Los Angeles Book Fair. Okay. Not he has no book. He just sits there in a booth <laughs> and does, signs autographs. Does he read at at the book fair? Like, what's his involvement? No, I'm pretty sure he tries to stay away from that. I think he just sits in the booth so he doesn't have to get in contact with any books. <laughs> um. So on that uh, on, on that great inside note of of the great Swaggy P, we should we should get started. Samir, tell me first of all, uh, how do you feel about the offseason so far? Um, any, I mean, there's the obvious story. Anything else that has sort of gotten you ready and anticipated for the season beginning in about five days, by the way? Uh, yeah, I'm. first of all, I'm, I'm pretty freaked out that it's starting five days. Yes. I, I, am, I am intrigued by both the Knicks and the Bulls. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, don't take that too much as a compliment. Hey, I hang, said hang on, treat. Samir. Did did Karan um, tell you to say this before you got on air or something? <laughs> I, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying I'm intrigued. I'm not like I'm not excited or anything. To be fair, okay, so fine, you force my hand. I'm more intrigued by the Bulls than the Knicks because yeah, Bulls yeah, are pretty I'm sorry. intriguing though. That, yeah, I mean, I'll agree. Yeah. It, they, their, th- their group of players should not work. I'm still convinced that Rondo will flame out at some point. But I had this feeling that Rondo and Wade are going to get along really well for like half of the season. And they're going to have a pretty good record. Because Rondo and Wade are both like, I mean, their badassness is like combines like pieces of a puzzle. <laughs> um, if Rondo stays sane, then it'll be okay. It's like how Rondo used to connect with KG. Like, yeah. you would think that that would blow up now, knowing stuff about Rondo. But he was like, all right, whatever. Um, the so Bulls, I want to... Yeah, go I, I, I just want to interject and add the, the Rondo-KG thing reminded me, Kaushik. You should know that Samir is probably the, the world's foremost Ray Allen fan. Oh, really? So, so, oh. He, so, he, so he remembers those, those, those Celtics-KG-Rondo days a lot more fondly than most of us do. Well, I, I had no idea you didn't remember them fondly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just want to... No, no, I do, but you probably... For you, they were probably just at the next... Best days level. of my life, man. Yeah. That was, that was high school, growing up in America. Oh, my God. Uh, so it, was, it was amazing. So but, I, I take uh, it you're a, you're a Celtics fan then? Uh, it, it's tough to say. So I have a lot of respect for the Celtics right now. How can you not? You have a coach. You have good players. I like Al Horford. But I, I don't divide my loyalties like that anymore. I don't think that team is... It, once it blew up entirely, I couldn't really support the Celtics anymore the same way I used to. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a fan of any particular team right now, but I like the Warriors a lot. That's interesting. Um, it's interesting you should say that because, um, look, it's obviously the biggest story of the summer, Kevin Durant moving to Warriors, and everybody... Almost everybody now paints them as the villains. Um, do you do you kind of agree with that notion, or what, what do you have to say about how the Warriors went about, um, like an instant retooling and and just such a big deal, right? Kevin Durant moving to the Warriors. 
Kaushik, as Savi just said, they didn't retool. They won 73 games. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they just added who happened to be a top three player in the NBA to that mix. <laughs> they traded Harrison Barnes for Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much what it boils down to. Yeah. <laughs> big retool. I mean, that's I, I. I found it very interesting that they have fully embraced this villain role, like being very exclusive with all of what they do. Openly, Draymond is like some sort of gang leader, being like poaching people. It just—it's like you could almost see it happening in the playoffs, where they all the public support quickly turned against them, and then it then they collapsed. But I, I mean, I think it's as straightforward as it looks. I think they're just going to win like 62 games or 63 games. They're going to sit some players for some games, and then they're just going to roll to the playoffs with no trouble at all. Have you seen the preseason highlights? They look My, incredible. It's they didn't miss a beat. It's just a straight upgrade. Yeah. No chemistry issues. It's scary. If they are villains, they are gonna be. I mean, whatever. Then then we'll happily join the bad side to watch them play. Because yeah, the Empire look- Strikes Back, man. <laughs> I'm just. It's gonna be great. Um, so the season begins soon. I was just telling Koshik that there's gonna be four great teams on the opening night. Four incredible franchises. You know, <laughs> Cavs, Knicks. Warriors and Spurs. It's gonna be amazing. <laughs> three, three, three great friends. <laughs> I, I, I can't knock you for the effort, Karan. It's uh, yeah, this, this is solid stuff. <laughs> I mean, okay. First of all, we can get to the Knicks at some point because we will. We will. Must, what, what a task it must be to defend them this year. Anyway, um, yeah. We'll start off with our with our first hypothetical. Yeah, or not right. hypothetical. It's yeah. Well, sort of. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes, this is actually the second time we're doing an NBA preview, but um, the last time how we went about it is basically there's there are a bunch of uh, roundtable topics, and I'd, I'd like to get your opinion, Samir, and then probably what Karan feels about that as well, and then uh, we can go through all the topics. The first one is uh, that I have with in front of me is, can anybody stop LeBron James and the Cavaliers, or should I say LeBron James and friends in the East? Um What's your this opinion? is an annual question yes, every year. Like, <laughs> uh, and I would also task you to identify who you think is the second best team in the East, because that's a bit of a mission to do that. That's a tough question. I mean, first of all, no, no one can stop them. It's going to be too easy for them. Uh, I want to believe that Toronto will get better, but they probably won't. Uh, I just don't think they have it in them to 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 rise to the occasion. That being said, I think they will end up as the second best team in the East. Um, I think at some point, uh, Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan have ha- realized that they had room to improve once they just flopped so badly in the playoffs last year. So you're looking at maybe some uh, like a fiery number two gunning for the number one the whole season, and they could have their star players like. I guess like step it up a notch, like try to take better shots, like try to run better offense. Um, it's it's like I don't think anyone else has a shot, you know. With all due respect, Karen, but I think uh, and I would love the Pacers to be better because I, I you know I, I feel for Paul George just sitting out there on an island. But uh, they, I, I think the Raptors have it almost all together to be like a another. Uh, six-game conference finals challenger, and I don't think anyone can get close to that. What do you think, Karan? Uh, you you have a different opinion. Um, you you I, can make a homer I, pick here. 
no, no, no. I, I, I'm not as I like the Raptors a lot, you know. But I'm just not as much of a believer in them repeating what they did last season. I think last season was incredible, the greatest ever franchise season. I just don't think they added enough significant pieces, and unless Jonas Valanciunas, my main man, really has a has a breakout season, I don't see them actually finishing in the top three in the East. I feel the Celtics and the Pacers could both be better. Um, Celtics may be, in my opinion, the second best regular season team, but I'll say that uh, I, I feel Paul George could actually carry Indiana to the conference finals. Um, but the big, but the big answer is no. No one beating LeBron in the Cavs. Yeah, right. L- let me wait. Let me let me just interject here. I, I I like Boston as a team, and I think they're very strong when they want to be. But what yeah. makes you think they'll be different from last year? Well, they have somebody called I, Al Horford, who's basically who, who is a star, who, who's a, <laughs> who's almost a superstar, you know. Almost a superstar. Uh, okay, that, okay if fine. you're in the Eastern Conference and you have a team That's that true. deep, with yeah. uh, and, and the Celtics possibly have the best coach in the Eastern Conference, and I think <laughs> they have some of the best like the like guys like Jay Crowder. Um, uh, Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, Isaac. Like, they have a lot of talent out there. Um, but, did, did you see what this, the Hawks did the last few years, basically finishing as the second-best regular season team without really having too much superstar power? I see the Celtics he, being a better version of that. Fair enough. But I'll just say, like, what the thing that puzzled me looking back on last season was how many games in the middle of the season they just lost the Celtics. They... Clearly played below potential for like half the season, which is exactly uh, the whole Al Horford fills because now he, they'll know they'll have someone to get them those sort of winnable game moments, like get them through. And he also on, on both ends of the floor. He's he's an elite defender and an elite mm. scorer, and he's not the kind of like ball hogging superstar. So I feel he's a great fit. Uh, and I also make sort of like a side prediction. I actually see them. Swinging big mid-season for uh, for for a huge another trade like try to get somebody big, try to turn Jalen Brown and a couple of the future draft picks into another uh, superstar. I can really see it happening because they have so much talent. Um, <coughs> cough, cough, Boogie Cousins, cough. <laughs> uh, no, Koshik, no, you, no hints dropped there. <laughs> Koshik, you have uh, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I do. Uh, I I actually tend to agree with you, Karan. That I think. Uh, Celtics will probably be the second best team. I also, like you, think that the Raptors probably peaked last year. I can't see them getting much better because it's just that the makeup of their team is, I just doesn't give me that sort of belief. But uh, with the Celtics, I do, I do feel that just like you did that Al Horford is a great fit for them. He he automatically adds those um, those wins in the middle of the season that they just somehow you know they dragged the team along. Um, I think they'll be a lot more consistent, a lot more complete as a team. Uh, still not obviously enough to beat Cleveland. Uh, maybe they can in the regular season because I have a feeling that um, Cleveland will yeah, Le- pace Le- LeBron's going to chill. Yeah, LeBron's going to chill. Actually, I don't think he will, uh, but we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think Celtics will probably be number two. Uh, I'm intrigued with a couple of teams, but... Like Indiana, for instance, and that's largely down to Paul George. He's he's an absolute baller. I think he's stuck on a team with like really like, n- almost no talent at that level, um, as on his level. Uh, so, but it'll be interesting what he does 
with the new coach and like a slightly different makeup to that Indiana Pacers team compared to the last few years. Uh, I'm also intrigued with New York and uh, and Orlando as well, but I don't think they they're anywhere close to that. Uh, you know, elite tier. Uh, but look, Orlando's going to be one of the three worst teams in the conference. I'm sorry to just say that, but no, I they're going to be horrible. I think they're going to make like two or three trades because they like they realized they wanted some sort of identity, but they got like two, three players extra <laughs> in each position. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it'll be good. Uh, let's let's move on to the West though, Samir. Um, everybody's talking about the Warriors and like kind of ignoring the rest of the Western Conference. Do you think that's like it's worth doing so? Obviously, the Warriors we spoke about it a few minutes ago went and added Kevin Durant, and that's I think they'd be shooting for seventy wins again this season. And it's like I listened to one of Bill Simmons' previous podcasts, and he said, "Just picture this: if they aren't going to win seventy games, or like, if, like I believe Las Vegas said they're over under odds at like sixty four games or something like that. Can you can you imagine this team losing?" Ten times, fifteen times this season, and that—that's part one of my question. And part two again is like, who do you think vies for the second and third best honors in the West? So I think that they—I said sixty-three in my last statement because I think that they're going to lose some point during the middle of the season, like just maybe go through like I don't know, like a ten and ten. I mean, a ten and ten—that's pretty bad. Like. <laughs> Maybe a 20 and 10 stretch, let's just say. Something happens, like somebody either gets injured or like they figure, people figure out the rotation. It, it's not going to last too long. I don't see them winning 70 games again, even if they get close, even if they're on pace. I can see them going like, like for a 40. And I, how many games are played before the All Star break? Do you know? Around 43 or something? 50. No, it's 150. Yeah, around 50. Yeah. Okay. okay, so let's say I, they could go like. 45 and 5 before the All-Star break. They'd be incentivized given last year to rest their players towards the end or ease off a little bit or try different things. At least they wouldn't inculcate the mindset in their players that they should really be striving for that best ever record. If they win, okay, they win. Like if they have you I get I could see them like just by virtue of no one else being in their league like getting up to like 68 69 wins. But you know, it, it's like, I. What do you think? Like, even I guess you haven't had a team that's been this good in a long time. But even like the Heat, big three, like, you know, chemistry issues aside, they would, they would lose games in the regular season because they just, you know, you come out in a bad spot. It's like, you know, people. Not every game is on national television, surprisingly, and they sometimes they just like. They don't jive and they blow the first quarter and the second quarter and they don't want to put enough like gas to come all the way back. You know, it's funny. I have this vision right now for no reason at all of the Warriors going down big to the Kings, you know, just <laughs> on, on some like random like Wednesday night or something. Hey, he's a tough guy to beat. Just exactly. Say. And then yeah. it's, it's all up to like Boogie's resolve versus Kevin Durant. Boogie's going to have will 40 he sh- and 20 nights. Will he shine or will he will he you know <laughs> flounder? Uh, so that's the first part of that. Like I, I think maybe like you know sixty three maybe looking up to like sixty nine wins. Um, you know I'm happy to be wrong on that. I, I love the Warriors. I love their style. But 
um, you know, I almost hope for their own sake that they don't win too much more so that they can do, like, they can beat the Lakers and, like, go, like, fo 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 in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, as far as the competitors in the West, uh, I am interested. I think there are too many variables to, like, see how it pans out. And I felt this over the last few years about the West, like, between two and six, two and even eight, it's it's up to how they get out of the gate. Um, you can see a team overperforming, almost like an Atlanta of the West, um, or you can see a team like drastically underperforming. I, you know, you, you think okay, maybe Dallas will sneak in at number seven, number eight, no matter what. But um, you know, where would you put? Uh, where would you actually put? Let's say San Antonio, or where would you actually put Houston? Um, I think that really comes out to how they uh, how they perform in the like first fifteen games and how the chemistry is going. And there's a report that says Lamarcus Aldridge is not happy with like mm. Kawhi getting the spotlight, which I you know whatever it's the Spurs culture. Um, I feel that Pop has done his betting on Aldridge, but it, you know even if that's not what that appears to be, that can affect. You already saw last year that they had some weird. Like not weird chemistry issues, but it was weird for both of them to shine at the same time in the Thunder series, and that really hurt them. So you could see that again. Um, so I I don't know. I I think um, I I don't see any like upstart Western team making a breakthrough. Uh, although I do, I you know I, I welcome the I welcome the opportunity. I think ultimately you might see another. Uh, you might see another uh, golden. Well, you might see the Golden State Spurs series that you you didn't see before uh, in the conference finals. But even then, I think it wouldn't even be close. Um, you know, the Spurs don't have enough talent, and uh, I think they're the, they're the most disciplined team in the West to even make a credible challenge over the course of a seven-game series. Um, yeah, so that's what I have to say. Uh, before I get to Karan's answer, I want I want to know what you feel about. Uh, two of these teams. A, the Clippers, which everybody believes is like their last real shot with this score. And secondly, actually, you know what, we'll talk about that later. What, what do you feel about the Clippers? Uh, <laughs> sure, like, I think they're one of those teams <laughs> that... Uh, they're, they're just the, yeah, exactly. They're one of those teams that just... Uh, see how they come out of the gate. I think last year I got really disheartened and, and uh, current, well, I don't know if you were there. There was one game that they just, like, you, you last year if you saw them, that you like, you saw how futile it was to root for them, mm -hmm. even though they have all this talent. Um, it just doesn't work on the court the way it should. And yeah. they don't have the capacity to bring in anyone else. And it's really quite sad. You know, DeAndre isn't getting better. <laughs> you know, even Chris Paul isn't getting better. They'll show flashes of brilliance. I mean, I'm, I think they're fine. They're entertaining. They might have a couple of good re regular season games. Um, but I, I just don't know how they're going to figure out, like, a new offense and, like, bring energy into their players that wasn't there before. Do we... Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Have there been any significant additions to them at all? Um, they boosted their 
bench up apparently oh come um, on <laughs> that that's probably like really overselling whatever they did but, yeah yeah no, listen, no nothing of listen, note samir I, i warned you before this uh, podcast kaushik and i are anti research so um, so we are <laughs> yeah, we're, we're no, counting I, on you to have that i i no, don't think they, it, they, they, i mean remen felton you know oh what a what a guy what a vet i'm sure you love him uh, yeah so right you know what i'm saying so here's here's what i see it's like okay everyone is everyone is old uh you have i think who who is the, who is the most like driven guy in that team you see right. and i feel to answer that question pretty much answers um the clippers conundrum i think chris paul is the most driven guy but blake griffin to me is the best in my opinion i think starting this season and i and i feel that's going to be their clash where uh chris paul as great as he is he's sort of a control freak and that kind of goes against him in the last few playoff years he sort of always he's been the one uh his ability to not sort of trust his teammates i feel even as a great point guard has i think hurt the blake griffin era a little bit of the clippers so i think unless blake griffin clearly becomes the team's number one option has the highest usage rate I don't see them improving, and eventually, Samir, I I agree with you. They'll be a they'll be a great regular season team and play more in the playoffs as always. Yeah. What What do you think, Karan, about Spurs and maybe potentially? Oh, oh yeah, so as the number two. I'll get back to that. Yeah, like I feel. Um, well, first with the Warriors, I think the number of games they'll win, I think it pretty much depend on how hard their competition is. Last year, they they went for seventy three because the Spurs were with them almost all the way. The Spurs won sixty seven, and I think it was. They almost had to win seventy just to ensure home court advantage through the playoffs. That's how good the Spurs were. Uh, I don't think the Spurs will be good as good that this year. So the Warriors will probably start chilling once once they know that they have home court. So whatever that point is, sixty four, sixty five, I think they'll sort of take their foot off the brake, foot off the accelerator. Um, the Spurs, I think, will be around the sixty win mark. Kawhi is incredible. uh Paul Gasol will be a great fit i think i, I think it worked the spurs big problem is the point guard as much as we love tony parker he's just not that guy anymore and especially in in a conference where almost every team is going to be an incredible point guard you get steph you get westbrook you get damian lillard you have chris paul i think tony parker is going to get worse and worse as with with as the season progresses actually so that's going to come come and hurt them they'll still be second or third um shout out to the Trailblazers, I think they could do pretty well. Um, mm. And I feel we should not forget about the the rat. Not that they'll do very well, but just the rat of Russell Westbrook and yeah. the Thunder. Yeah, that, that's they'll... actually the question that I wanted to remove as a as like a by question <laughs> of the previous point. But like talk about it specifically on its own. It's it's going to be quite uh, unlike anything else we've seen. I think with Westbrook and Thunder situation right now, Samir. So do. Do you genuinely believe that he we're going to see a Westbrook that we've not seen before or like some crazy new level? So I might want to be, believe yeah, it might not be eff- effective or efficient but it's just going to be something very different that, to watch. Mm. So I had thought like that was a no-brainer to begin with like of course how would he it would defy his being not to just go 300% right now because They, the thunder and everyone and his best friend have screwed him every. He may be his best friend, <laughs> but his wingman, 
screwed him in every single way. But, you know, I, I, I just think about what it would actually be like. Because if he did that this season, what would he have? He may not have anything left in the tank, like, for the rest of his career. Like, what if he gets a knee injury? Like, he can't just... I mean, he's a great player, but there is a limit to what he can do on his own, which we know from when Durant was out before, and he did it all himself. He'll, he'll be a triple-double machine. You know, he'll facilitate where he can. He'll go hard to the basket on every single drive. I, you know... I see him doing if if he actually turns it up to like full potential like early in the season I can see him like racking up a bunch of triple doubles like even inflating their um their place in the standings and then he's going to just like he'll go through like like a dull stretch or he'll get injured so I don't think that it would be of his own accord I just and if he even succeeds through the whole season like, what does it mean if you do that, if you are you play much better than you've ever had before with a grudge, you're, like, an absolute monster, maybe you get the MVP, and then your team is, like, sixth in the West, <laughs> loses in the first round, something like that. I, like, I, he may realize that at some point. I mean, it was ridiculous that he got ninth uh, the year before last um, with how well he played. So... You know, he's an older player. He may see his role now as a more mature figure than he was allowed to be with Durant because he can be the elder statesman. He can focus when push comes to shove and, and a player, a young player, isn't doing well. He can say, okay, my, my primary concern is to use this five-game stretch to facilitate the development of these players and, and figure out, like, what what we're going to do. And I'm sure it wouldn't be his initiative. I'm sure it would be, like, him getting yelled at by Billy Donovan or something like that. But... He he now feel that part of his responsibility is is part of the equation, and I think that moderates you sometimes when if you're like a Westbrook who by default would just go like balls to the wall. Um, so short answer, like I can easily see it happening, but I'm a lot less sure of it than I was before. Um, I think that there's a lot of pressure on him now uh, in a way that he's never faced before, and I think he knows that. So I actually. I actually feel it's the opposite. I feel like he does not. He he's free of pressure. There's no real. Um, they're not contenders anymore. And as much as Westbrook is a competitive person, he somewhere deep down he knows it. So I feel this pretty much this season, or at least early on this season, he's gonna come out with like I I want to prove to the world how how angry I am and how much better I am than than, than Kevin Durant. Um, they're not. Go- they're they're gonna be fifth or sixth at best in the West. But that is not the reason I'm going to be paying attention to them. I don't think Westbrook knows any other way to play, actually. I think he reminds me a lot of Alan Iverson back in the day, where there's just one way to be successful, and it is to be as intense as possible. And if he stops being that person, then he'll stop being uh, a superstar, you know? Mm. Um, so, and, and, and I also fear, like, for his long-term career, like you mentioned, Samir, that he may also... Just, similarly, the way that Alan Iverson suddenly declined from being one of the top three players in the NBA to being play, playing in Turkey in like two, three years later, you know. I, I don't want to say something that drastic will happen with, with Russell because he's still, like, he's bigger than AI was. Um, but I feel that his, his, the way he plays is going to be very intense for the next two or three years and then I think there could be a steep decline. Ooh. Kaushik, yeah, your I, thoughts on? Yeah, I'm really intrigued to see what the Thunder would be like. I, 
I do think that he's going to be free of that pressure too. And I'm really curious to see how he reacts in terms of like emotionally being in charge of now the team uh, rather than mm. being second fiddle to Durant. So it's, it's going to be really interesting. I don't know if they'll be very effective because that's not a... Uh, it's not the cleanest fit without Durant, that team. And yep. uh, although I am looking forward to seeing what Steven Adams is like, he's, he's a bit of a monster. And uh, You know what it's going to be like, Koshek? It's going to be like those 2006 Lakers where Kobe averaged 36 a game. They finished sixth in the West. Um, yeah. But the numbers were just off the hook. Like, it wasn't efficient, it wasn't always pretty, but the numbers were just incredible and it was a first round exit. Yeah, I can I can see where that's coming from, but I don't think like Westbrook is uh, will reach that sort of level. So happy to be disproven though. But uh, oh, he, yeah. he wouldn't. But but the Thunder team is better than your your Lakers were back in back in yeah. those days. Oh yeah, look, we had, <laughs> we had we had Smush Parker, and that's it. Smush, the almighty Smush. Can I can I make a slight Smush tangent? When I used to play um, when I used to play NBA 2K. Uh, Smush Parker is one of those random. Like I love playing with point guards that can shoot and have a high usage rate. Smush is not a great shooter, but but you know I used to love highly using Smush, and for some reason I had a lot of success using Smush Parker in, in my in my PlayStation life. Smush, so just Smush, was, a, at, Smush was a decent PlayStation player. I, I agree with this. I just uh, want to holler at Smush for, for those for those days back in the mid two thousands. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a time it was to be alive. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, some of the other teams that we probably haven't talked about that may not necessarily be associated with being contenders for the title. Uh, any any of those teams interest you, excite you, intrigue you? Uh, any Anything that you might feel is... They might be a bit of a surprise or make a big leap compared to the previous year. Basically, looking at your like watchability index here or like curiosity index of teams, uh, anything in particular? So, curiosity. I mean, there are narratives everywhere that are like interesting for for like the casual like person who's not watching every single game to see how it'll pan out. And some of these, like I would say, is you know, is Jeremy Lin going to lead the Nets <laughs> to like not the historically worst record ever and embarrass himself and his country, like. That's, that's a big thing He's to American. watch. He has <laughs> listen. He, ta- you tell me about those Lynn jersey sales, okay? He's American. He's a, he he represents more than just your average American. Here's the point. Um, he like he's in a really bad spot. And I, like I think everyone knows that. Is he? Is but, he? He's in a team. I mean, with a guy named Brooke, and his name is Lynn, that's, and they that's play in true. Brooklyn. Oh my okay. God! Okay. Okay. okay, clearly my okay. research okay. has failed because that, your, your that's research never. Has failed you. <laughs> oh God! I never thought of that. First of all, okay, no, actually, you remind. That's a good thing to remind me of because now I feel better because Brooke Lopez will be able to commiserate with him um, when they're like losing all their games. This, this is nothing. Like you're, you're calling him now like a franchise type player, yeah. and. <laughs> Putting those kinds of expectations on him, knowing that they're going to lose all the time and badly, and it's going to look terrible. They're going to be on like Shaq and a fool, like half the time. Speaking of which, Javale McGee going to be one of the most interesting parts of the Warriors, I think. Just trying to hold it JaVale, together. I don't JaVale know how he. Javale could have a ring. He. 
Oh my god. Wait, by the way, do we know if Verjao got his ring? Verjao yeah. got did. his ring, yeah. I saw okay. that David Blatt, so... Oh, yeah, yeah well... Yeah. I feel bad for the guy. His, he deserves something. But Verjao, that, that's a little sketchy. But anyway. Wait, but I'm not gonna forget you, but I'm not gonna let you pass the fact that we asked about teams on the watchability and curiosity index, and you mentioned the fucking Nets. Like the, 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 the they're the like, most the, curious team. They, they are the most boring team of all time. Like they've got nothing going for them. I'm sorry. They're beyond <laughs> boring. Been, okay. I've been very sorry about this. Like, I'm just saying, like, you want good theater? It can come in a variety. Okay, would you rather watch the Nets to see if they might do anything interesting, or would you rather watch like? Memphis. I would. I, I would watch Memphis. I like. Me I, too. I, Marcus. Hey. You like Memphis? Okay. Let, let, I love Memphis. Go, but... Let's not even go that far west. Let just. I'm. I'm not, not even saying a homer pick. Just take the Knicks. Same city. A lot more exciting storylines happening there. That's true. Um. Yeah, actually, so I didn't even get into this. I just. I, most boring team in the league this year. And 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 you know what else is great about Brooklyn? Uh, great. Um. They're not only going to be the worst team, but they also have the least incentive to be bad because they have no pick of their own. So it's going to be an incredible season <laughs> at the Barclays Center. <laughs> can't you? Yeah, can't you <laughs> no, just not wait to see what happens? Okay, but like seriously, I didn't. I didn't get to do, like say my serious picks, and I. I would flag. Of course, I'd flag the Knicks. I'd flag the Bucks. Um, yeah. The Bulls. Point the Pist- Yeah. The. Uh, Pistons, the Pacers, just for pure Paul George, like Russell Westbrook light beast mode season potential, um, and the Celtics for good basketball on the East. And then I would say uh, on the West, I'm like much, much more skeptical of watchability, but you can I for pure, I think Harden's going to have a good season. Uh, I think Utah's going to be much more improved. Um, and I have a soft spot in my heart for Gordon Hayward after how he bowed down so mercifully to Kobe in his final game <laughs> and just let him score all the time in the last two minutes. Uh, I thought that was really good of, of him to do. Um, and, and I think I, I'll, throw in, uh, I'll throw in Sacramento as like uh, okay. as a teaser. And then I my favorite team to watch in the West is going to be the Timberwolves. Yes. Because... Like, how can you not love this team? Game one of last season, I mean, they just looked incredible. They're on the right, right day. The players have all gotten better. KG is now, like, senior advisor. For what it's worth, I, I, I'm going to miss him. But um, he's, like, going to be, like, barking obscenities in their ear whenever he can to keep them motivated. I'm, like... I'm pretty optimistic about them. I think they could get to actually a decent playoff position. Um, so, so that's so me and watchability. Yeah, I agree. And and I was only going to name one team for this answer, and it was going to be the Timberwolves because I feel they go. are going to be fun as hell. Koshik and I have long been part of the Ricky Rubio fan club, and and he's now he's now like the fifth most important story or something from this team. Um, Carl Towns is, is a beast. Wiggins is going to be amazing. Thibodeau is going to smile once in a while. Uh, it's generous. I, 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 I think they'll make the playoffs too. I, I, th- I think they, they'll sneak into the eighth seed. I see them having the kind of season that... Um, do you remember Kaushik, the 2000... 
eight or nine Lakers that that played the Thunder, the young Thunder in the first yeah. round. Yeah. And it was like a four-two, but you know the, the Lakers won the title that year, but the Thunder sort of held their own. The young KD Westbrook thing. Yeah. I feel this is the new version of that. I feel the Timberwolves are the new OKC from 2009 or whatever, where they have a lot of young talent. They still don't have experience yet, but they have great coaching and um, man, it's a great fit. Like Levine's a great fit. Uh, Chris Dunn is going to be a great fit, and I am hoping for year 17 of the Ricky Rubio project. <laughs> Work out. <laughs> Yeah, just read a just read a rumor this morning that they might look to trade him twenty games into the season. So that's gonna be. A I bit heard, of a... and for them to say that, like to to let him know publicly, well, you got twenty games, dude. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and Ricky's just such an amazing guy, and apparently he's offered to mentor Chris Dunn to take over his spot. That's yeah. Like, yeah. About the Timberwolves, though, I can't remember the point when. Uh, towns went from being called cat to just towns. Like, have, when did that happen? I'm not I, like I have a um, related point to make. I'm not down <laughs> using the, the Anthony middle name a lot. It, it annoys me. I, I just I just wanted to get down to Carl Towns. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think Carl Towns is. Um, I'm I'm for Carl Towns as well. I agree with both of you guys. I think Timberwolves is the right answer to this. Um, they are going to be. Pretty exciting to watch, um, and I just want to see that you know that Thibodeau meme where he laughs like a crazy clown all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, apart from that, I'm actually genuinely um, curious about what the Knicks will be like because it's just it's just such a weird combination of players, right? There's Terry Crews and Joakim Noah. There's uh, Melo and there's uh, Posing God or whatever we call him now. God Zingis. God Zingis, yeah. <laughs> Zingis Khan, whatever. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be good. I think Brandon Jennings will be good there as well. It's, uh, I, I, fi- I find myself wanting to root for them to do well. Karan, you may have an effect. Um, you may have a part in this. But, yeah, it's just it's weird. It's a Zen master. It, it, it's, it's, all, it's all Zen. That's There's right. A for everything, yeah. That's right. Um, so, we're switching gears a little bit. Who do you fancy for Rookie of the Year? So this now, is a hard... Yeah. Yeah, now that the, Ben Simmons is out. Yeah. I, that was. This is the thing, because I... You know, I have trouble... I think we all have trouble judging the rookies before they get on the court. Like, the past like few years. Uh, it can go kind of like... Anyway, and especially near the top... Um, I think it's, but first of all, like prayers up for Ben Simmons because they, he's clearly the victim of a curse of some kind, and uh, it, it was so predictable. And how how can you have that many draft top draft picks sitting on one team who get like screwed? I, I just I don't understand. Like they didn't do anything wrong. Some it's someone a, has cursed them. It's a curse. No, I I think it's a genuine problem with the Philly um, like medical team in the 76ers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call them out because how, how can this keep on happening and then the injury takes so long and then when they come back, like Joel Embiid, the extra complications he had, he ended up going to like Germany to fix himself or whatever the backstory was. Um, yeah. Anyways, go on. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, okay, so the actual answer, I think, is going to be Brandon Ingram and 
I, you know, I don't have too much to back that up, but I think he's in a really good spot where he can just sort of like he's in a, um, a Tyreek Evans type of spot, I think. Uh, and so I think that despite the fact that he his play may not translate to like great results for his team, he is going to show himself with like less pressure with a lot of like um, I think with with an offense that would suit him to like just sort of play around and uh, and score using all of his potential like scoring avenues. I think every other rookie who threatens in that space has like a team-based constraint that won't allow them to contribute at the level that you might expect for them to be rookie of the year. Or if they try, you know, you, you don't see them necessarily driving, like fitting for the whole season. Um, I like Chris Dunn a lot. Uh, I like Buddy Heald a lot. Um, I like, well, in college, I liked Denzel Valentine. But it was like, you, you don't see, they, I think there are big question marks. I like Jalen Brown as well. But um, especially in that kind of system, I don't, you know, I don't see how he can produce it at scale in order to be a rookie of the year. Um, but I, I think a lot of them will have great careers. Uh, I don't see any instant MVPs uh, among our draft picks this year. But uh, unless Ben Simmons, like, recovers and shows discipline and grows up 10 years in three. So, um, yeah, uh, interested to hear what you think. So, Reed, I just want to shout out the fact that you brought up Tyreek Evans. Because I had, I had completely forgotten the fact that Tyreek Evans, former Rookie of the Year, like that that that, that reality. That's a that's sentence. That's a yeah. Because <laughs> and as as you were speaking, I googled the 2009 draft class, and these are the people Tyreek Evans beat to win Rookie of the Year. So Blake Griffin because he got hurt. Yeah. James Harden, Ricky Rubio, Stephen Curry, Demar Derozan, <laughs> and Tyreek uh, and Tyreek Evans was the Rookie of the Year from this class. So anything is possible. And if you recall, he said shortly after the year was over that he was just, like, going all out for Rookie of the Year. He did not care about his team at all. That's it. He can hang up his jersey on the rafters in Sacramento. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so, but my pick for this year is a a guy you mentioned is my main man, Buddy Heald. I think Buddy Heald is going to go off in the audience. He reminds me of one of my all-time favorite players of all time, all-time favorite players of all time. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's how much I love this guy, Gilbert Arenas. I think I think oh, Buddy, Hill, Buddy Hill is the next Hibachi in in terms of both his swag and the way like and his shooting ability and just the just like everything about his game really reminds me of, of Arenas. Like he can go off, he can get on fire really quick, and uh, he's gonna play alongside a uh, re-motivated Anthony Davis. Hopefully, AD is healthy by by the time we are. You know, a few games into the season, and I think uh, he's he. Unlike a lot of the guys you mentioned, who may may not have the green light from day one, I think Buddy Hill may. So uh, that's my pick. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, Karan. I also think that this award has somehow very like it's been dumbed down to who shoots the most or who scores the most points. Pretty and much. I, I can't see anybody else making this sort of impact in terms of purely points. Uh, maybe Embiid, but I don't have confidence in him being fit for the entire season. And you don't have I, confidence in, in, in Philadelphia keeping him fit for the yeah. entire season. Yeah, I don't. I don't trust the process to be to be blunt. <laughs> um, I do like Ingram. I think every game that I see of him in preseason, I'm more and more impressed and more and more excited about what he can offer. But I think for the majority of the season, he might 
he might not start um, and yeah. I, i think that might play that might play a role in not in him not being able to score as much as simple as that um, sounds Um, mm, so my my, my pick is also Buddy Hield, but you can never say what's gonna happen. Um, a, a, another award-related talk. Um, you have any picks for defensive player of the year? Tommy? Defensive player of the year before the season. Uh, you know, it's a short answer. Who's to say? Like, I I don't know how this. I don't know if anyone has ever predicted defensive player of the year. Um, <laughs> Successfully, unless it was like a sure thing. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea. Come back to me on this one. Uh, Karan, what about you? Uh, I'm gonna take the easy choice here and uh, say Kawhi Leonard makes it three peats. I think I think Kawhi is he he is gonna finish his career as possibly the greatest perimeter defender of all time, and because he's what 23, 24 years old, he's won back to back, and this is gonna be it's gonna be easy lock for him. The Spurs will once again be one of the one of the Best like the the defensive efficiency teams in the league. It, it's going to be between him. I would say Draymond Green will have a shout. I would uh, Rudy Gobert could have a shout at this, but I'll pick Kawhi. I think that's an easy easy answer for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually am somewhere between both of your answers. It's it is really difficult to predict this, and I'm just gonna I'm just having a hard time picking Kawhi because I can't remember the last time somebody won it three times in a row. Um, that's why he's special. Yeah, he is. He certainly is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I kind of fancy Gobert as well because I think Utah is going to have a slightly yeah. impressive season and that can play into the minds of these voters. I'm looking at the Marcus all year because you don't really think of him much as a defensive stalwart, but Memphis was just that damn good that year. So uh, I'm thinking maybe something like that would happen. But the more interesting combina- uh, conversation, of course, is not. the defensive player of the year or any of those other awards but the king of the awards the mvp um we like it's a it's a topic that is very very controversial because nobody really knows because of a multiple dynamics that are in play who the real contenders are and what the realistic chances of each of those contenders are uh, but literally anything is in the play uh, so samir what, what's your mvp pick if you had to put money on it okay so so Obviously like this is going to be the most interesting. I it, it's so easy to be wrong here especially with my pick but I think that I think that uh I think that Kevin Durant's going to get the MVP. Wow. Uh so I'm saying this not not just to be provocative here and not just to be likely wrong but I just went through like the process of the year and I look okay so bias I think the Warriors are going to do they're not going to like suddenly fail. So assuming that, assuming they have a good season, uh good production, everything. I think that the way that Durant fits into their team has to be at the number 1 slot. And by classic MVP reasoning of not being the best player of the season but being the best player on the best team you have Kevin Durant. The reason I don't say Westbrook is because I think it's more likely if he's on track for an MVP season uh it's more likely than not that he gets injured. Um I don't say James Harden because I don't necessarily believe in his uh like I don't necessarily believe in his his consistency potential. Uh but if he does I, I never do defense. 
Yeah, I mean, I believe in like, yeah, just try to defend, like put your arms out or something, you know. <laughs> I, and also like, I don't know, maybe one year the voters are going to get bored of seeing that exact same crossover drive like 3,000 times in the season. Um, but I do think James Harden will have a good season. But I think between like likely contenders, you're looking at, uh, and it's hilarious, you're looking at Durant, Westbrook, and James Harden, uh, among others. But those are the only ones I see with like upside potential to like go into another level and, you know, deny someone like a very consistent LeBron James or something, or even like a breakout Kyrie, uh, the, t- the MVP award. Uh, I think, again, other, the other players are constrained by team dynamics and they're not as durable. They're not able to deliver um, for the whole course of the season. I think, I don't necessarily think that this means that the Durant's going to be like the, the face of the Warriors, which is the obvious like corollary to that. Or that there'll be a point where it's like, oh, you know, Durant's this first option in the last play instead of Steph. Um, I think it's going to be just that you look at the body of work and you say, like, most like Durant in OKC. Like, he is the guy who's contributing the most. Um, The offense will run around him in order to be successful for, like, at least two-thirds of the time. And uh, if, you know, if Steph actually believes what he says and he gets out of the way, uh, you know, the whole team wants him, wants KD to do really well. And no one else really has any stakes in that award. So the, the team will be incentivized to, like, push him forward. Um, so I'm interested to see how you disagree with Go ahead. <laughs> um, no, I mean, you brought up a lot of great, like, key points, okay, because... Because, like, one of, the, one of the most, like, pressing questions is whose team is it anyways between Steph and KD, right? Like, as much as they, they talk about that, oh, yeah, we're going to get around each other's way, we're best friends, blah, blah. At some point, there is going to be, I, I truly believe in it, that that there, there will be an alpha, you know? And, and uh, I agree with you that the, the team will want to make KD feel more, sort of, part of the system and therefore they may go through him more and he does a lot more than just score. But I also think that the Warriors, like their that blueprint of success depends on Steph Curry being Steph Curry. Like the way he the, the, the fact that he can command double teams at the at the at the half line and the fact that he can just uh, like the, the way he creates their offense, the way he runs the floor, makes them who they are. So it is it is gonna be an interesting uh, thing that I'll be watching for all season. Uh, that's not my answer though. Like I was, I was really thinking this is such an. Uh, this is one of the most open MB, MVP races I feel in a long time because the MVP will, will come more from a process of el- elimination than someone who actually is heads and shoulders better than anyone else. Like last year was easy. Like Steph was so much better than everybody else. There was no real competition. Whereas I think this year there could be a huge field of seven or eight guys who are all really really good and it'll be a very close call in the end. It'll actually be a pretty interesting MVP race, I feel. Um, you brought up Kyrie, which is an interesting uh, name. I, I didn't even think about it. I think uh, LeBron could really give Kyrie the regular season keys to the offense. Uh, we can't forget about LeBron. Le- LeBron isn't going anywhere. This may be his way of proving that, you know, I can still win a fifth MVP. I can match Jordan, Kareem, all of those guys um, as one of the greatest of all time. 
Uh, Westbrook, we talked about. Harden, you know, I agree with you on several points. I think guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard too, you know, just based on the, the way they play consistently on both ends of the floor, could get a few votes. So, shit, I, I, I don't have an answer. I'll probably say, um, I'll probably say Kawhi Leonard. I think just out of the fact of this elimination that there's going to be no one superstar. Uh, Steph and KD are going to sort of cancel each other out. LeBron may chill a little bit. Uh, and Kawhi will just be doing his thing, helping them to 60 games and scoring 20 points per game and winning. That's a priority. It is really open and really... You, you can't go wrong with any of these picks and you can't feel safe with any of these picks either. Uh, that's, yeah. that, that's the tricky part about it. I, I actually think uh, it might come down to the fact that uh, that LeBron point that you brought up at the angle that he might feel like he wants to win one more to push him on you know the top of the Mount Rushmore of NBA players or something. Something like that. And I also think that there's a tendency to overreact to the previous year a little bit in terms of how the voting plays out. And I have a feeling that that might lend itself to LeBron winning it again. So I think like I might fancy LeBron more than anybody else purely for the fact that Curry and Durant will cancel each other's votes and uh, that that process of elimination that you mentioned Karen, it g- gives me the feeling that it might be LeBron more than anybody else. Um, hey, so Kaushik, yeah. uh, do you think that um, like what if LeBron sits for like certain stretches of the season? Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing that's going to work against that pick. Um, I do see that potentially happening, but this realistically could also be the last year that he can go all out for the MVP award. Because I feel like age will start taking its toll uh, and rest is more of a necessity the following year than than something that he'd like to have this year. So, I don't know, it's just, it's just a feeling uh, might be completely wrong. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think it's probably why I, I would go with LeBron. Um, just one last question before we wrap up, Samir. Um, did you think there's anything stopping a Cavs Warriors Finals rematch again? And if yes or no, who do you think? Like, if you had to make a pick of who will win the title uh, today, what would that be? So I think the Warriors will win the title. I think it'll be Warriors Cavs in the finals. Um, if there's any chance that, that won't happen, that would be like an all-time godlike series from a Spurs team that has come like compounded in its level over the course of the season by luck and momentum. Um, I think there's no contender in the East that can take on the Cavs for more than four games, maybe like three or four games. Um, I, you know, I would love to see a series where Paul George like hits a couple of game winners. They go up two one, but they'll they're gonna fall four two. No problem. Like, no question. Um, if like the unthinkable and let's say Kyrie and LeBron get injured during the season, like LeBron doesn't get injured, so he won't. But like, <laughs> let's say Kyrie gets injured, mean- <laughs> but and LeBron is like aware that he if he doesn't like ease off at a certain part of the season then he may have he may like he may get injured let's say he's sitting and Kyrie's out then you might have like yeah you might have a team that that's able to to put together a few few wins you know Boston maybe um but I I don't 
it's so improbable. I think this is going to be the most one of the most overdetermined NBA seasons. <laughs> but that being said, a three like a three-peat final series is pretty cool. Yep. So I, I look forward to that. Yeah. I agree with Kaushik like on all those points uh, very boringly. It is it, it, this is probably one of the most predetermined seasons of all time, especially because like uh, if if the Cavs played in the East, you know we couldn't save it so much. Uh, sorry, if the Cavs played in the West, we wouldn't have been able to save it so much certainty that they would hundred percent make the finals. But as of now, there's no real competition, and the Warriors are as good as you know the Spurs are going to be, and the Clippers will be clipping, whatever. Um, it is going to be a Warriors Cavs rematch. I feel that it's, it's almost certain, um, and I think it'll be the the Warriors revenge tour. It, it's going to be they'll be more primed and ready, mentally ready for this. Uh, Draymond and Clay and all of these guys will make amends. We didn't even talk about Draymond and Clay because we, that's how loaded the Warriors are. That uh, Clay's actually led them in scoring in the preseason, so it's uh, I, I think it'll be Golden State again. Yeah, I, I yeah I agree too. I think it's uh, at this point like unless some sort of magic trade really strengthens one of the teams, cough cough boogie cough cough uh, Celtics. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, th- that's probably not gonna happen. But uh, unless some he, sort he's, of... he's still not gonna be LeBron though. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So unless some sort of crazy trade happens, I can't see any of the teams as it is, uh, as they are right now, to beat the Cavs or the Warriors in their respective conferences. And I also think that the Warriors will be in in a mentally more ready state to take on the Cavs this time around. Um, but of course, the ball hasn't tipped off yet in the season. We really don't know what the Warriors will be like over the course of the 82 seasons and whether the Cavs will have the same sort of um, intensity and hunger to go through the season. But at this point, you can't really pick anybody else, can you? And that's that's probably why I choose the Cavaliers fin- uh, Warriors finals rematch and probably why I pick uh, Warriors to win it as well. Uh, so that, that brings us to the list of questions that I have in front of me. Any, anything else, Sami, that you feel like you wanted to talk about uh, or had in mind from the, well I think there, the are, there there's a there's a very very pressing question that's on the minds of every single basketball fan this season and that is will Ray Allen come back for one final go round um, I know everyone's talking about it you know people press can't get enough of this story but uh, you know I just want to say that I I think that the guy is he's uh He's, I think he's had a good career. I, I think, barring like a last-minute need by some team, uh, he's going to have to hang it up sometime. And he, we, we may see a, a very tearful farewell ceremony for him. Uh, it pains me to say this. Uh, he, he, was, he was radio silent for a while. There were a lot of rumors going on. I think people really wanted him to go to the Warriors. I know, I can hear you guys like chomping at the bit, waiting to comment. But... I think, you know, he came on, he went on the Dan Lebetard show and he was like calling from some place in South Beach where he's got his restaurant and he's like probably in a Hawaiian shirt or something. And he was like, listen, like I haven't talked to anybody. So, you know, unfortunately, it looks like one of the greatest legacies this league has ever known is going to be coming to an end. Um, but I would look out for that. I mean, he's an X Factor in any team. He said he talked to the Bucks. He said he talked to Danny Ainge. Um, if if he if he comes back, that's going to be a hell of one, a one game to watch before he he hangs it up. 
couldn't tell if you were a fan or not, Sami. I couldn't. I love Ray Allen. He's my favorite. He is the greatest of all players in terms of demeanor, style, fluidity. Uh, oh my God, he's he's insane. He, I I am frustrated with him as a fan for not coming back to the league, but it's okay. I respect his decision. He has a family and everything. Also, like, you know. I, I would love to see him come back just to, like, I don't know, like, maybe, like, get back into the pictures, throw some shade back at Paul Pierce. Because <laughs> Paul Pierce was, like, talking crap about him with, like, no prompting. Anyway. It's <laughs> <laughs> something you um, feel very strongly about. <laughs> very strongly thanks for, about. Thanks for the reality update. Um, well, he is going to most probably be in He Got Game 2, so Jesus settled towards is almost definitely making a comeback. Uh, Absolutely. I so, think we'll, we'll anxiously await that. That'll be something to watch. My, Koshik, my final word basically is uh, we should just watch out for the future most improved player, uh, Porzingis. Kristaps Porzingis is going to be most improved player this year, uh, going to be a legend all-NBA guy next year and an MVP in a couple of years and basically rule all of our lives for the next decade. So... That's that's all I have to finish on that subtle note. <laughs> wow, <laughs> guys, I can't I can't let the both of you fanboy without me being allowed to do so. So, Lakers Lakers for champions in 2016. I'm not even waiting wow. for 2017. In 2016. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Forward this hot take right to the top. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and also Swaggy P for president while we're at it. So. Yeah. Why not? Give, yeah. Given the two candidates on show right now. <laughs> How much um, worse will it be if Swaggy P or Uncle P becomes Wait, if Swaggy P ran for president, do you think DeMar would endorse him? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, maybe D'Angelo Russell might endorse him. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that positive note, Samir, thanks for giving us your time this morning. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Let's, uh, l- let's watch a season opener on Tuesday. Of, of Alrighty. To, to, to those four great teams. Uh, oh yes, it's, it's gonna be fun. Koshik, thanks a lot for for another great episode. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, Samir, for joining us. I really do hope that you can see Ray Allen back in, in an NBA uniform. Just just because I, I it appreciate makes it, that. You, you, I can just know that you're gonna be so happy. So I, I want nothing but that. <laughs> All right, thanks for having me, Koshik. Nice to talk to you. <laughs> uh, so thanks to everyone for listening to our NBA preview episode. Uh, pretty much by the time you hear this, we'll be right around the corner from from the first game. The the summer has just flown by. I hope you guys are as, as excited about the new season as we are and celebrate Diwali with some basketball. That's right. That's right. Uh, thanks as always for all of you to for listening to our show. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out to listen to the two of us with absolutely zero research as you very graciously revealed, Karan. <laughs> Um, yeah, thanks guys. And um, as always, you can reach Karan at, on Twitter at Hoopistani and I'm at underscore Kaushik7. The podcast is at Hoopdarshan. You can also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Podbean and a host of other places. Um, until next time then, happy Diwali and hashtag India Basketball.